Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. Uh, this is Ryan. It's the most wonderful time of the of year. The it, holy shit. All the you ever demons are calling and spitballs <laughs> are falling and tears and, uh, yeah, it's falling apart. Hey, it's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> this Which is Quincy. I, I like... It's Halloween. It's finally yeah. here. Yeah, um, and, and honestly, like, Halloween, like, I feel like this month in October, and especially the week of Halloween, there is so much shit to do. Like, when you're when you're living that good horror lifestyle, you've got so much horror shit you've got to go to, and... The dance yeah. card is full. It is. It, it really is. And and by, I feel like November is like a hangover month, where you've, you've done all of this stuff, and then you're just sort of like, okay, I don't have to do a goddamn thing. Except then, like, it's immediately christmas right right and every store you go to is like crammed with uh christmas shit i almost real quick i almost disowned my son um this week because we went to the michaels and uh they've already put the halloween stuff on the clearance rack like it's, oh. it's shameful but oh. we walked past the christmas village display with all the like ceramic christmas villages Mm-hmm. And my son's never seen those before, and he was like mesmerized by the popcorn factory because it has little <laughs> popcorn bits that blow around. Mm-hmm. And like, I had this moment where I was like, "Who are you? What What are you doing?" <laughs> but also the yeah, that is really cool. But like, no, no, it's still October. It's still Halloween. We gotta <laughs> gotta hold on while we can. This is and a Halloween we went, household, and you know that. <laughs> we went home and ate some. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and watched uh, uh, Super Monsters. Have you heard of Super Monsters? No. What is Super Monsters? This is the new Netflix show that is Muppet Babies with the Universal Monsters. What? So, Um, like, Frankenstein's son. Frankenstein is a um, hedge fund manager, and his son Frankie goes to uh, preschool at night to learn to control like his freakish monster strength and like Drac is Dracula's son and he's missing one of his fangs because his tooth fell out. Right. And Katya is a witch and Cleo is a as a mummy like sure. Egyptian lady and um, Lobo is a wolf. Not really trying very hard with that one. But, um, <laughs> I feel oh, like by that point um, they they were sort of running dry. I fucking Lobo, all right. You're and there's Lobo also the Zoe the zombie. So she's the only like, she's you know a Afro Caribbean child, and she is like a, a Haitian zombie. Oh, like, like a proper zombie. Yeah, like she can see through walls and like walk through stuff, and like is yeah. Now we're talking. Got really colorful hair, kind of like a voodoo doll sort of. I don't know how to feel about it, but anyway, my son is like crazy into it, and that's what's on Netflix now. See, you got to raise a child up in the way that they should go, and I—that's—that's that's really good that you know you're you're living that cool life, and you know you just you hope that you know your kid is gonna is gonna follow in your footsteps and you know make their own choices, but ultimately get into some ghoul shit. Yeah, we're trying to get into all the ghoul shit and the Rhodes household. <laughs> Very good. Which, um, so speaking of ghoul shit, what have you been reading slash watching slash consuming? So, uh, we're going to talk about the movies I've been watching this week, but Flabby Dagger is a zine that uh, I got hooked up with, so Flabby, I reached out to Flabby Dagger on Insta and said, hey y'all, let me get that zine, and they're like, yeah, totally. Um, they put out a Misfits issue, so it's uh, Flabby Dagger issue 10 is a Misfits fanzine. If you want to get your own copy, I recommend it uh, with a caveat, which I'm going to get to at a moment. But that's flabbydagger.bigcartel.com. Um, so it's an art zine of Misfits fan art, which is exactly what I want in my life. Um, and the where it really hits transcendence is when they illustrate Misfits songs, because at heart I'm still a pimply 14-year-old and really yes. identify with songs like I Turned Into a Martian, which is literally... You know, car- a cartoon of a guy turning into a Martian and like and and mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? And yeah, there, there's yeah, yeah. and and it's funny because again with the Misfits, I feel like if you didn't get into it when you were a pimply teenager, I don't know that you ever completely will as an adult. Yeah, and I think that's the only problem I have with this zine is like it's very 
aggressively lowbrow. Like, um, have you ever read uh, Johnny Ryan? Uh, no. He wrote this comic called Prison Pit, and it's trying to be as offensive as possible. That sounds it's like the let's be as gross and nasty and offensive as we can. And that's yes, I was I, I, I was twenty two once, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's a lot of this art. So like, there's crimson ghosts smoking weed and like people riding um, Doyle's dick into the Wizard of Oz and like um, Danzig giving President Trump a blowjob and that kind of stuff. But there's also these really cool like one piece um, like pinups and art too. So it gets a really good mixed bag, and it's like. It's a British mag. It's five pounds. I think that's like seven dollars US. I mean, it's uh, a pretty good. I think deal it's closer to. It. I think it's closer to ten, but also international exchange rates uh, elude me. Yeah, I don't. I have to Google it, but um, it's worth picking up. I. It's good. It reminds me a lot of Henry and Glenn, which I was I just gonna say. Love, even though it's also one of those things where I don't quite know how to feel about Henry and Glenn. Well, uh, and Henry and Glenn, I love that the back cover um, features a quote from Henry Rollins saying, has Glenn seen this? Trust me, he would not be amused. Yeah. And it, it's that kind of like antagonistic, like tongue in cheek, you know, oh, we're doing this. The joke is mostly that like Glenn Danzig would be so angry that he would like shit a brick. And, and the problem, uh, the and the problem is that the punchline has that humor in it too, which I appreciate. Well, and the punchline, the problem is that the punchline is still, haha, you're gay. Like, even if it's, no, but Glenn Danzig's a homophobe, like, yeah, and you're saying that he's gay to get a rise out of him, so you're using being gay as a punchline, maybe don't do that, you know? Yeah, uh, the only thing that kind of saves Henry and Glenn is, like, some of that is actually good romance comics. I was gonna say, like, a a lot of it is really sweet, and also their neighbors are Holland Oats, which I'm into. And, uh, they eat Sun brand cereal, uh, so Sun as in, like, the drone metal band <laughs> yeah yeah i and honestly like uh, especially with um the offensive for the sake of being offensive thing i feel like uh there's only it, it's a bit of a cul-de-sac for me the 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 aristocrats joke thing because at a certain point it's like okay if the entire point of this is to be as crass and offensive as possible so like it, it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't say yeah. anything it's just like haha aren't we naughty and to be fair the misfits literally wrote a song about killing babies yeah killing a baby like it's kind of the territory but like you know which there was that one panel in henry and glenn where with the i got something to say with and it's the two of them looking very sad and it's like uh, jesus anyway so you've been reading what have you been reading (laughs) oh well i have been reading a novel called certain dark things by sylvia uh sylvia moreno garcia it is a vampire novel set in Mexico City, and I do not understand why the entirety of book Twitter is not on this book's dick. It's so good, and nobody's talking about it, and I think that my, um, I've decided that what I want to do with my life is that I want to go door-to-door with a copy of Certain Dark Things and make people read it. Um, Actually sit on their couch and wait Yeah. In. Yeah, I'm just gonna pop in on them. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna get up to use the bathroom at three in the morning, and they're gonna see me in their bathtub, standing there holding it out, going, "Have you read it yet, though?" I mean, like, okay, but have you read certain dark things? Um, so that's I've been reading that, and then also I have been doing my um, <laughs> my Dune reread because I I read Dune when I was a kid and forgot most of it because I was a kid, and so I've been reading back through Dune again, and. Oh boy, Dune. I love it, but also it is uh, garbage. Have you ever seen Hodorowski's Dune? I have. The documentary? Like, Hodorowski's kind of a scumbag. Oh, he's, uh, a, he's a piece of work for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the idea that he had about this this book was really fascinating. Well, and also, I yeah, it is, and also I unironically stand for David Lynch's Dune, because my favorite thing is when a very distinct kind of a director or writer or someone who has their own style and a very distinct voice gets a hold of a property that has nothing to do with the kind of stuff they normally do and seeing what they would do with it. Like, d- the stuff that David Lynch decides to focus on in Dune 
it is weirder than shit. It's off-putting, and it makes me think of the fact that um, apparently David Cronenberg um, was in talks back in the day to direct Top Gun. Um, yeah, I, we've talked about that on the show before. Oh yeah, and it, the the tears for what could have been. Right, which also is why I like that, because um, like Guillermo del Toro, when he got Hellboy, I love that because it makes complete sense for what Guillermo del Toro does. And then, so uh, Clive Barker uh, recently in an interview, um, I'm sorry, I've been thinking about this. Uh, the interviewer um, asked them like, so, you know, a lot of people have com- compared your stuff to Stephen King. How do you feel about that? And Clive Barker got real, uh, got real pissed off about it and was like, listen to me. Stephen King, he makes monsters that are outside of everything, and the point is to kill those monsters and drive them back and, and, and keep them away from your suburban neighborhood. And my work is about the monster being in your neighborhood and seeing what that looks like, seeing what it looks like to have a monster that has humanity, that has, you know, that he's not just trying to drive it out. And you think of, like, Nightbreed and the fact that the producers, you know, he sent them the first cut, and they were like, but you've made the monster sympathetic, and Clive's like, yeah. <laughs> I sure <laughs> did. You got point. me. <laughs> yeah, sh- I, you know, nothing gets past you guys. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I, um, so David Lynch's Dune, like, also, Kyle McLaughlin is the thing. Also, also, House Atreides has a pet pug in David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I need Who's to rewatch. Featured in several scenes prominently, like Paul's dad is like carrying around the pug, <laughs> which is of course relevant to your interests as a as a pug appreciator. Yes, um, as a pug aficionado. <laughs> yes, yes, as a, a yeah a pug mogul. And and the thing is, I love that that's David Lynch going like, what do I think an alien aristocrat would have as a pet? Pugs. <laughs> it would be a pug. Fuck yeah. So, let's talk about this first video that we're going to rank tonight. Pagan Invasion, Halloween (laughs) Trick or Treat. One, Pagan Invasion is like a 13-episode video series. Which makes, by the way, I love that it's called Pagan Invasion because it makes paganism sound bitchin' as shit. Right? So, so I watched (laughs) this with friends and no one was dissuaded. In fact, I think this encouraged all of us (laughs) to dive headfirst into paganism. (laughs) Yeah, to get into Satanism and uh, occultism. So... so I found out about this tape through uh, the incomparable blog Dinosaur Dracula. Uh, but Pagan Invasion, Halloween trick or treat? Question mark. So like, is it a trick or is it a treat? Yeah. Is a Christian anti-Halloween tape, VHS tape? I think you can still buy it on DVD. That's basically telling Christians don't celebrate Halloween. It's tied to paganism. Yeah, and, and what's incredible about it, especially, like, so I have a weakness for um, 80s-era satanic panic uh, specials and documentaries and, and PSAs. Um, this did not disappoint. You've got... My favorite thing... Okay, um, I was shitposting about it on Twitter a bit, but my favorite thing in all of these documentaries, and, like, in Pagan Invasion, but also in a bunch of other ones, you've got these people who you are convinced are paid actors that needed a bit of money... Oh, and I think they belong to the church that made the video. <laughs> it's always the dorkiest looking dudes that are like, I, I, I am a satanic sex god. I, I, I grew up in this cult and I've had um, sex with just about everything in Mobile, Alabama uh, for my Lord Beelzebub. And it's just a gift. I just love it so much. So I think what's especially good, so there's a lot of great stuff about this tape. Um, as Dinosaur Dracula posts, pointed out as matt uh, pointed out on his blog um it highlights the best of halloween like the decorations are very vintage uh the the halloween costumes they go to the store and they're all these ben cooper vacuum formed oscar the grouch costumes with the shirt that also has oscar the grouch on it oh, and yeah. they go to the horror movie um convention and <laughs> I think they're like I think they show a Frankenhooker poster and they're like Frankenhooker. They sure do. Like I, I love I, I love all of the movies that they show as being the particularly like gnarly ones and it's like nude on the moon and and it makes me think of how um, the NRA anytime they're blaming video games for mass shootings they always reference the game Splatterhouse. 
which is incredible because if you played Splatterhouse, yeah, there's no guns in it. There's it's 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 like it's like kitty Halloween goofsters running around. Um, but I think they see the name Splatterhouse and they're like, oh, oh yeah, oh some kid who plays this has definitely gone on a mass shooting. To be fair, have you ever seen an original cabinet for Slatter, Slaughterhouse? I have, and it, it's like a guy in a hockey mask with the bloody, you know, so-and-so. Yeah, it's... The the buttons are eyeballs, and, like, <laughs> the joystick that... is a Cronenbergian protrusion from the cabinet. Oh, yeah. And you, you touch that Cronenbergian protrusion and think, I gotta go on a mass shooting. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so you've got all these movies in uh, Pagan Invasion Trick or Treat. Uh, that, you know, you can tell that they're trading on it where they're... The, the problem... Now, okay, here's the thing. This doc... I guess documentary or PSA? What would you call this? How would you classify this? So, it's... I think... See, it's it's a lie, right? Like, it's made up? Yes. So, yeah, they all I were. guess propaganda? That... It's the first word that comes to mind. Um... But so you've Christian got Christian um, propaganda. <laughs> Except oh, at the end of it, I was kind of like, maybe I shouldn't celebrate Halloween. <laughs> like <laughs> that, Am I inviting that evil childhood into my house? growing up in the Christian South, I'm like, yeah, but maybe you know the same inkling that's maybe I shouldn't fuck around with Ouija boards. Um, they made a Stranger Things Ouija board, and my first thought was like, oh, that's dope, but I can't buy it because I don't fuck around with Ouija boards. Yeah, that's exactly right. Is like I'm because I grew up in a very very Christian household. Like I I was very 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 Christian until I was about eighteen, and I I think I've still got that little microchip in the back of my head that's like I don't believe in any of this shit, but. I believe in it enough not to dick off with a Ouija board. Like, that's... Listen. Not to hang out with Roger the witch slash martial arts expert. <laughs> well, well, no, I who's would hang out with on Roger. A for his interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I loved also that, like, the most reasonable dude in this thing is one of these horror guys at the convention they go to who's like, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's all fantasy. You know, it's, uh, uh... Like, that guy's, like, the most soft-spoken, reasonable dude. And actually, and the thing is, um, growing up really, really Christian, like, we would watch... Um, are you familiar with Christian contemporary recording artist Carman? C-A-R-M-A-N? Yes, I am. He did a song called A Witch's Invitation, and I'm going to send you a link to this. Um, we had we had this fucking thing on, on a VHS full of his music videos, and the, the cinematography in Pagan Invasion, everything was basically a Carmen music video. Um, however, props for the sweet-ass CG in the intro to this thing. Dude, the intro CG and the music is the most Halloween thing that has ever hallowed weaned. Or weaned. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> just hallowing some weans. I It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. A legit banger. I'm sitting there at my desk like, I don't know, this is kind of sick. Um... But, so the other thing about Pagan Invasion that I love is that... Do you um, think, uh, real quick, do you think that that is public domain yet? I'm guessing oh, it God. wouldn't. There's, there's no way, but, like, what is fair use? Can we use that for our theme song from now So here's the, th here's the thing. I was actually, uh, I made a mental note to download that YouTube video, like, the audio from it, and set it to a trip-hop beat for the outro. <laughs> Cause it's copyright, 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 copyright. It's a le it's a legit jam. Like I I don't I don't know. Um, but my other favorite part about this is that it has no central thesis aside from Halloween bad. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's all of this. It's Halloween bad. Um, I mean, at the end they finally say, "Here's the scripture you should read instead of having a Halloween party at your church." <laughs> right. I'm surprised they didn't bring up Trunk or Treat, because I did that a couple of times as a kid. So listen, um, Trunk or Treat season is upon us. Uh, <laughs> my weekends are solid just going to parking lots with my child. Because apparently you can't take a kid, kids these days, you can't take them to your neighbor's houses um, because they might put razor blades in their apples or, or whatever. But like, Which, of course, I, I assume everybody knows has never actually happened in the history of ever. Yeah, yeah, never, ever, ever. No. Yeah, um, so anyway, um, this movie's not very good. It's a lie. Uh, <laughs> Disagree. Um, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's incredible. Like, it, it made me, immediately after I watched this, I wanted to watch God's Not Dead, purely because of, I, I love 
chain letter logic, and I love it when... Um, so you're making a piece of media, and you're taking a thing to its most ridiculous, like, logical conclusion. And uh, did you ever read the Chick tract about Halloween? Um, I actually ran into it at Target the other day. It was in yeah, the aisle, yeah. but I let uh, Kyle have it, and I did not read it. Ah, the one that got away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I honestly, like, I love uh, Pagan Invasion Halloween Trick or Treat. Also, because, side note, I really want to start a side project called Pagan Invasion, because it sounds like a Celtic Frost cover band, and I'm here for it. Yeah, so I've been listening to this other podcast called, um, well, cut this part out. I don't remember the name of it, so. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no free advertising for you. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, so where, where on the list do we put Pagan Invasion Trick or Treat? So the closest infotainment pseudo documentary I can think of is Faces of Death. <laughs> um, I feel like this ranks below Faces of Death. Oh, defo. Oh, yeah. Oh, no one's out here wearing a Pagan Invasion hat, although, side note, if there is one, fucking hit me up and send that to me. Yeah, yeah, we would definitely rep your Pagan Invasion merch. <laughs> uh, if someone made an enamel pin, like, there's a Faces of Death enamel pin that hinges open and it's a tape. That, but with Pagan Invasion. You can have that idea for free. Okay, if there's, the if, there's an enamel, if, if there's an enamel pin of um, that guy's head with Roger, witch slash martial arts expert... I want Roger the Witch slash Martial Arts Expert on my jacket. Actually, what I want is a Ben Cooper-style mask of Roger. <laughs> <laughs> and that the vinyl shirt would say Witch slash Martial Arts Expert. Yeah. You'd have and to, now you'd I have... think I've come up with next year's Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> what if next year we both and like got everyone we know to go as someone in this, like, someone else is like Jeff the Druid or whatever? <laughs> Just yeah, it's fucking yeah fucking yeah. This it. is a this is a Halloween tradition. It's 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 on a podcast, so it's recorded in stone. Yeah. So, so would you is, rather is... watch these shenanigans or um, sweaty machiste straining against a tree? Here's the thing: I frequently fall down YouTube holes where I'm out here watching these really bad '80s videos because it's um, it's sort of like everything is terrible, only like long form everything is terrible, where it's like the full video. Um. And between these two, I gotta tell you, I would rather watch Pagan Invasion just for the soundtrack and just for the fucking goofy 80s CG. Yeah, it, and the beginning is like, it put me in the Halloween mood. Oh, yeah. Like, more than anything else we watch for this week's episode. Fucking like, spooky as it, hell. It done the job. And Emily <laughs> was like, I can't explain why I liked it so much, but I really liked it. And they're like, you know, Halloween is where you get candy. And it's like, yeah, you get candy. And it's where you wear <laughs> costumes. Yeah, it's where you wear yeah. costumes. Yeah, man. Also, yeah, did you notice you the up. genius of... There's one scene where the guy, the former Satanist, is talking about, like, the blood sacrifice and the ritualistic child abuse. And mm -hmm. they crossfade the picture of his his talking head with the uh, Bicel Halloween pumpkin on the front door. Oh, yeah. That was a great cut. Yeah, it's it's perfect. So this is, this is an auteur piece. Yeah. So is it better than Don't Go Near the Park, the video nasty? I gotta tell you, it is better than Don't Go Near the Park. Then it's gotta go right under Faces of Death. Faces of Death. Both of them documentaries. Both, both of them documentaries. Both of them 100% real. <laughs> absolutely. We can vouch for it. All of this is absolutely true. So that's 117 on our list. Pig Invasion, <laughs> Halloween, trick or treat? Or treat. Eh, all <laughs> questions will be answered. Um, so the next one on the list, which by the way, so the next one on the list is Curious George, a Halloween boo fest. A good, wholesome um, family film. Man, this, this fucking ruled is the thing. Like I'm, because when I saw this pop up on the list with like Curious George, I'm like, oh, okay, we're watching a, a kid's thing, whatever. I mean, listen, we've watched Roseanne Halloween episodes. We've watched wrestling death matches. Now we've, we've watched a satanic panic propaganda piece. So this was the logical next step, I think. And I'm, um, I was into it. 
Um, can, Quincy, can you give us some background on how you came across yeah, a Halloween so movie fest? I have a four-year-old, and uh, we discovered Curious George through the Christmas DVD that just showed up one Christmas um, when a relative ran to Kroger and bought a DVD uh, along with everything else. Uh, and we got really into Curious George, and we started watching this Curious George cartoon, um, mm-hmm. and because when you have a child, you watch the same episodes over and over again. So we, in our household, have developed a pretty fervent Curious George fandom. And part of it is this... uh, The Curious George TV show isn't always available on Netflix year-round, but Netflix has uh, sunk the rights to this Halloween special. So no matter what part of the year, you can watch Curious George a Halloween Boofest. So we've watched it like... Okay, so my son is four, so like every day for three years now? <laughs> you know a Halloween boo fest like the back of your hand. Yeah, yeah. So um, I said, you know what? Ryan hasn't seen this, and it's something that he really needs to see to get him in the Halloween spirit. It totally worked. Like, this. honestly, here's the thing. This sound, the soundtrack on this fucking slaps. It's got like, it opens with this really like jazzy, spooky swing number. Right. And it's like, so basically the big bad voodoo daddies do like all of the music for Curious George. It's not actually them, but it's like another less pop. If if you ever wonder where the swing revival went, they're doing the soundtracks to PBS (laughs) children's shows. They're like the Wiggles, but in Zoot Suits, basically. So it's got like, and I think that's some theremin or at least a singing song in a lot of the songs. Oh yeah, no, it's great. And also, I'm realizing like, um, the the man in the yellow hat, that guy, uh, aspirational to be honest. He lives with a monkey that's constantly fucking everything up, and he's just like, ha ha, George, when will you ever learn? And he's got a huge hat. So that's everything I want to be as a man. Let me lean in on the mic and uh, blow this wide open for you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah, please. George is an analog for a toddler. No. Yeah. Because he doesn't quite understand the world yet, and he's figuring out the parameters, and so he needs, like, a stable father figure to help provide, like, security and and, and, and support. Yeah, and the regular TV show, every episode is like, hey, George, these are the colors. Hey, George, this is what happens when you... This is why you shouldn't be afraid of taking a bath. Hey, George, this is why you shouldn't flush uh, loose change down the toilet. Like, every episode is like, hey, let me teach you your right from your left. George is a toddler uh, stand-in. What's incredible, then, is that the man in the yellow hat never... The good thing is that he never has to worry about accidentally traumatizing this kid or fucking him up with his own hang-ups and emotional issues because Curious George doesn't ever have to, like, hold down a job as an adult. He's a fucking monkey. Yeah, yeah, he is a... Well, technically, he's a chimp, but uh, the show itself called... The text itself calls him a monkey. Um, My God. Another great thing that I don't think you picked out from just watching this episode... Bill, mm-hmm. the older kid that works at the pumpkin patch, canonically oh, yeah. thinks that George is a child and that children from the city just look <laughs> like that. Because Bill lives in the country, so he's only been around country kids, and he always calls George City Kid. So he just thinks that. And in one episode of the TV series, uh, George's friends from the city come to visit, and Bill has this like crisis. He's like, why don't you look like george and he's like holy shit and they're like oh we grew up in this town he's like oh good then you just moved oh, to the city oh later. thank god <laughs> and it's like this is just the yellow man's the, the yellow the man with the yellow hat's large son yeah yeah his large hairy <laughs> his son. large hair suit son <laughs> so i think what's holy great shit. about uh halloween Boofest is it goes through all of the beats of a uh, Halloween special. They learn about sneaking up and scaring people. They learn about picking your costume for Halloween. They go to a fall festival. There's a loving song about pumpkin pie. 
and how Halloween is the best time of the year. There's a haunted house of uh, very scary fish. fish and the regular house of perfectly normal fish for uh, nervous right. types. Um, which I which I appreciated on some in some way where I'm like, oh, that's nice because it's especially like going to because um, with my partner Christina, like we. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to um, Halloween Horror Nights uh, at Universal, and have I told you this story? Yes, I think on the yeah. podcast. Pro- probably, because, yeah, probably on the podcast. And yeah, she, she's not trying to get scared in haunted houses. So, like, yeah, a house of perfectly normal fish. And uh, the, the, the plot that, re- oh, there's a giant pumpkin growing contest, and he's got to help a farmer carry a two-ton pumpkin. Um, sure. So the, the big plot that holds it all together is there is a haunted scarecrow called No Noggin, because it's a scarecrow without a head, that every uh-huh. Halloween kicks off trick-or-treaters' hats because he's jealous that he can't have a hat because he didn't have a head to put it on. Um, and do we spoil this movie? Yes, Quincy. Let's spoil Curious <laughs> George a Halloween boo-fest. Okay, it's squirrels. They find out that squirrels for generations don't like dirty acorns so they steal halloween hats to keep acorns clean <laughs> to store for winter <laughs> infowars we're going to we're going to blow the no noggin conspiracy wide open but um, it's also george gets put in this place where he realizes that even though he knows the truth that squirrels are the reason why these hats are going missing, he doesn't spoil the fun for the man of the yellow hat and everyone else because that's the true meaning of Halloween is that, to be yeah. spooked out just to have fun. This Sorry, is basically the equivalent of like, emotional over Curious no, George. It's it's so good. Like I specifically I love that lesson with like, listen man, if you go to the haunted house with your friends, don't be that jagoff kid that's like, whatever, this isn't even scary. You're wearing a mask. Like, pal, we're all trying to get spooked. Please, please sir, please don't spoil this for everyone. And and Curious George wins the Halloween costume contest by dressing like the man in the yellow hat. My God, that's... So he's... Is Curious George trying to slowly become the man in the yellow hat? I think it's just like he appreciates him. So it's like, you know, I... I, I you know, we're on this level. So I don't think it's really like a, a replacing kind of thing. It's just like a, you're a pretty cool dude. Well, that makes sense. He, he is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I always assume that like curious George is having crises about like, am I, am I, am I a primate or am I a man? What am I? Like his, the parameters of who he is are, are, are so hazy because he's like a chimpanzee who still understands the meaning of Halloween. So he's a tragic figure in a way. So that's why this is uh, number one on our list. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Texas Chainsaw can go to hell. This is number one. No, but where do we want to put Curious George a Halloween boo fest? (laughs) Uh, So faces of death. No. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I I am comfortable saying that this, I would rather watch this, first of all, than IWA Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch 94. Yes. Uh, so that's, uh, all right, hold on. That's way higher than I thought. Um, would you rather watch Curious George or The Incredible Melting Man again? Ooh, The Incredible Melting Man. Okay, so then we have a floor and a ceiling. Um, so we're in the 80s. Right. So... I, I do think, I, I don't, I do think it's better than, all right, here's, I think it's better than Happy Hunting, but not as good as Murder Party. Yeah, that's kind of actually where I look, and I love that we have done this. <laughs> However, this is, Murder Party yeah. is also a Halloween movie, but what oh, that's true. gets the true meaning of Halloween better? You know, now that I think about it, I didn't walk away from Murder Party going, I fucking love Halloween. I walked away from it going, ha, goddamn hipsters. Um, and the magic of Halloween, I think, is a, a, a feeling that lasts longer. Yeah. So, <laughs> are you comfortable at putting Curious George oh, above am, Murder Party? I am, <laughs> I am very comfortable putting Curious George, uh, 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 a Halloween boo? 
a Halloween Wait, boo fest. Boo fest. That's right. Yes, I am comfortable putting Curious George a Halloween boo fest over a Jeremy Saulnier film. Absolutely. Yeah, the guy that made Blue Ruin. Fuck you. Curious George is better than your uh, freshman effort. To be fair, Ron Howard executive produced this Curious George movie. What? Yeah, Ron Howard is an executive producer for the Curious George TV show. Well, I mean, executive producer, of course, is kind of a a, a vague title. That's true. It's kind of like... It could could just mean that you, you sometimes sign checks or you are aware of who Curious George is. Well, it, it, this is also uh, because I've spent a lot of time uh, in this this world of Curious George. Uh, there are two alternate timelines of Curious George. There's the cinematic universe and the TV universe and this is a TV mm-hmm. un- this is a movie from the TV universe and not a movie from the cinematic universe. Ah, and they're actually so there's an extended uh, there's different point of view characters depending on what universe you're in so you're saying there's an extended curious george universe yeah a curious george eu the the georgiaverse the cure there's got to be the curiverse the curiverse yeah absolutely um <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> which means by the way that curious george a halloween boo fest is above uh, microwave Massacre, Crimson Peak, Beyond the Gates, uh, the Undertaker, the, the DVD full of Undertaker's Buried Alive. Curious matches. George is better than Dracula Untold. Well, that's a fact. <laughs> that I would so much rather watch Curious George the Halloween special over uh, Dracula Untold. Because at least, here's the thing, J- uh, Dracula doesn't do Dracula shit in that. Curious George absolutely does Curious George shit yes. in that. <laughs> Curious George is true to form. And also, this podcast is brought to you by El Jefe Brand, a premium lifestyle company specializing in pop culture and horror-themed lapel pins and apparel. With items inspired by films such as Blair Witch Project, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Aliens, and a whole crossover line with Spongebob and our favorite horror films, fast shipping and low prices, use coupon code RANKINVILE, all one word, to save yourself 20%. Go to eljefebrand.com and follow them on Instagram at eljefebrand for additional savings. And new merchandise launches. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we've. Oh my God. It's time. My, I, the, the anticipation is killing me. We are doing Halloween, the movie Halloween. John Carpenter. Nineteen seventy-eight. Nineteen seventy-eight. The fucking. How how I I hardly know what to say. I feel like you know it's it's like you spend months tapping the world on the shoulder. Uh, and then it turns around and you forget what it was you had to say, you know? It's like, what do we, So, all right. So, Halloween. I, I have to admit, I used to be really down on the OG Halloween um, because uh, I think I was going through that period of getting into the really, you know, that, that really uh, uh, brutal, awful horror shit. And I think at the time, my take on Halloween was, man, you know what? It was important for the time and it's defined modern slashers. But there's been so much better stuff since then, so why the fuck are we still talking about Halloween 1978? And I'll tell you why. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's... Um, Halloween is the chunky peanut butter of horror movies. It's just good. Mm, there's mm-hmm. no, yeah. you know, nuance or anything. It's just, it works. So you just let it ride. And what's incredible about the original Halloween, I think, uh, and it's... What John Carpenter did with as little as he had, yes. like this was this was him like fresh faced, young, making this movie, and it was. I mean, it's kind of so. There's this thing. Uh, I, I forget who said this, but um, I think it was some director who was like, "All you need to make a good story is a guy, a girl, and a gun." And this was before John Carpenter started, you know, doing kind of wild sci-fi shit and wild genre stuff and supernatural stuff and of course halloween the franchise gets into some supernatural shit later on and it's terrible but he does so much with just a, a thing called the shape yeah and jamie lee curtis and a, and a and a butcher knife and so much with he's there cut the camera cut back he's not there anymore how did he do that oh Oh, it's so good. And, like, the kids in this, like, it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, it's like the director actually has respect for young people as, like, complex whole beings. Yes, yeah. 
Um, so good. And and here's the thing: you've got Donald Pleasance hamming it the fuck up. He is. You can tell that Donald Pleasance is having such a good time playing Doctor Loomis in this. Yeah, it's a like, perfect movie, and it's yeah. scary. And I think it's fucking scary. Oh, it's because so it's scary. Because it's a home invasion and, and I, movie, and regardless of, there's no hebbly beebly. Is he a ghost? Is he a human? What's his deal? It's just he's an escaped mental patient that breaks into a house and kills a bunch of people. Technically, yes, and it's kind of. And here's the thing, um, I, I I used to be really really bored by Michael Myers, and I kind of still am because to me, like, what's scary about Halloween is not necessarily Michael Myers because he has no personality. Yeah. He has no distinguishing features as a person. But here's the thing. I like I like Michael Myers as being too stupid to die, basically. Not stupid, necessarily, but he gets shot six times and stabbed in the neck with a sewing needle and falls off a balcony and all manner of shit. I don't think it occurs to him to die. He's like, like oh, he's... that hurts. There's no, like, why am I doing this? It's just like, Man, that's what I do. Yeah, no, he just keeps going. And honestly, so here's the thing. Um, I, w- when I uh, decided a couple of years ago to like, all right, I-, I need to bury the hatchet with this thing because all of my horror buddies love this movie and I'm tired of arguing. So I'm going to rewatch Halloween and figure out what it is that people love about it. And I was into it on the rewatch and didn't quite get it. And then the ending kills me because so uh, at the end, and I don't think, I'm, I'm cool with spoiling it because I assume that everybody and their mom's seen Halloween, right? Okay, if you haven't seen Halloween, skip ahead 30 seconds. Yeah. So the ending of the film, uh, when uh, the kid says, but you can't kill the boogeyman, and then Michael Myers pops back up, he's about to kill Laurie Strode, uh, Dr. Loomis pops in, shoots him a bunch of times, he falls off a balcony, and then he runs over to her, he's like, hey, are you alright? And she's like, not really. And then they run over to the balcony, and he's gone from where he was lying on the ground. And then the Halloween theme starts playing, that perfect 5-4 time fucking Halloween theme. And the camera starts shifting very quickly to, like, behind the couch, the porch, the lawn, the suburb. And that last shot where it's just like, no, no, you don't understand. He's everywhere. He is repression. He's the suburbs. He's, like, lurking you know, potentially behind every fucking shadow. And just the way it cuts from all of these places he could be, it killed me. Like, I, I got why everybody loves this this movie so much. It's really, really good. Yeah. And then, not to navel-gaze too much, but the other thing that I love about Halloween is that... So, Laurie Strode, right? The iconic final girl. Um, and John Carpenter has talked about this, that, like... The, the reason that he's so drawn to Laurie, bef- even before they put in this stupid bullshit about she's his sister, which is pointless, and I think even John Carpenter hates that, um, he's drawn to Laurie because Laurie is repressed. Uh, because all of her friends are getting laid with the dumb boys in, in, their, in their school, and Laurie mentions at one point early on in the movie that, like, yeah, guys don't really like me because they think I'm too smart for them. And... She's not getting the the same experiences as her classmates who get, you know, massacred horribly. And so Michael Myers is drawn to her because he's repression itself. He's that horrible lizard brain thing that comes back to the suburbs. And the way the suburbs in this are shot, first of all, of course, it's shot in Los Angeles because everything is. It looks legitimately, you know, a couple of palm tree shots aside, exactly like suburban Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so, like, Laurie Strode, to me, is kind of on another level as far as Final Girls. Like, the way Jamie Lee Curtis plays it is so fucking incredible. Oh, definitely. And I I think this movie is better when you don't think of the rest of the franchise, when you look at it as a single film. <laughs> that is a fact. Um, yeah, and we're not going to dogpile on three because that's old hat or h2o oh or no or here's anything. the thing we'll get to this i'm not later. gonna dogpile on i'm not gonna dogpile on three because halloween three fucking rules yeah. is the thing but so so <laughs> want to know my favorite like really tiny detail about halloween mm-hmm. the pumpkin the jack-o'-lantern from the credit is carved wrong oh yeah there's that little slit from the nose to the mouth which is probably oh. a result of them using a really large kitchen knife, like the knife that um, Michael Myers carries, and not like a smaller paring knife. 
Well, shit. So that's just that little detail of like, yeah, this was made on a shoestring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, well, we screwed up by, the pumpkin. We don't friends. have enough money to do another one. So. <laughs> we do, we didn't allot any money for new gourds. We got to make do with the gourds we got. <laughs> you got to make do it's with like, the gourds like, you got. Yeah, it's like John Carpenter like composing on a Casio keyboard with one hand and carving the jack-o'-lantern with the other. We don't have any goddamn time. We need this jack-o'-lantern. Ryan, you got to carve um, the gourd you came with. <laughs> <laughs> Holy the shit! Yeah, you got to carve with the. Two in the bin. Listen, if if you uh, uh, if you can't handle the gourd, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> a stitch in a gourd is not a good idea. <laughs> Holy shit! And honestly, like John Carpenter, like the fact that so much of this, like he's said, like he composed the score for it purely because there was no one else around to do it. Yeah, it was cheaper, like, and it's like it was che- it was cheaper. So, is it a better movie than Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, and I'll tell. All right, so I think no, but what's your answer? Uh, yes. All right. Why is it better? So it is better because um, Lori is a better final girl. It is better because it is actually scary. Um, it mm-hmm. is better because the music is better. It is better because it has led to a more successful franchise because it's got more hits than misses, where I would argue Texas Chainsaw Massacre is more misses than hits. Also, if we're arguing auteur, I'd say John Carpenter is a better director than Toby Hooper. Well, that's a fact. Um, I, I, I do disagree on the point that the, um, that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is not scary. I think it's fucking gut-wrenching at several points. I, I think, although it's different because I think Halloween is scary ah, and Texas Chainsaw is scary Um, And that's another thing, is Halloween is more, it's subtle. It implies more than it shows. And although Texas Chainsaw Massacre still doesn't show a lot, and it, it you know, mm-hmm. the hook scene is implication. It's still oh, yeah. a lot more... Uh, shocking than yeah there's more shock than there is dread but there's a lot of dread and um halloween's like the other way around well now here's the thing though uh in terms of like spawning successful sequels i would put forward the only halloween sequels i like one of them had nothing to do with michael myers which is three and the only other good one in this series i would put forward is Zombies Halloween two, and it's that's not even good. See, I would say Zombies like, Halloween one is pretty good. Uh, two, I've got my problems with, but the original two is pretty good as well. Eh, but two is basically if you've seen one, you've seen two. It's I mean, even it's it's basically two, but in a hospital. Yeah. It's I and basically here's the thing: Halloween two did what the band Kiss did in the 1980s, which was uh, the original was a fucking pioneer at what it did. And then there were a bunch of copiers that um, looked at the original and got successful. And then the original itself looked at its copiers and copied them. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of other metrics that we can solve this debate on besides fisticuffs. Um, sure. Right. The, the manly art of fisticuffs, which is I, either that or trial by stone. What's the more iconic weapon? Leatherface's chainsaw or Michael Myers's knife? Well, lots of people have used the butcher knife in slasher movies. And in fairness, lots of people have also used the chainsaw in slasher movies. But I think the chainsaw is more iconic. At least because of the chainsaw dance. Yes. That Leatherface does at the end. The chainsaw dance is better. I'd say Leatherface has better... Gunnar Hansen has much better moments. Mm Mm-hmm. And and in fairness, like, watching Halloween is kind of like watching uh, James Cameron's Aliens... In that when, you know, if you've watched everything that's come after it and then, and then you watch it for the first time, you're watching it going like, well, oh, that's so cliche, though, when Michael Myers does the slow sit-up. And it's like, bub, that's a cliche because Halloween did it. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, between honestly, I think I would put Texas Chainsaw above Halloween, at least in the regard, that I... Well, first of all, it has produced more sequels that I like because I love Texas Chainsaw 2. And wait, shit. That's the only Texas Chainsaw sequel I like. Um, you don't like the 3D no, one? No, you know what? 
Oh no, 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 no. The 3D one is terrible. Um, I, I, I like uh, the Next Generation one purely because Matthew McConaughey is ashamed to be in it, and it's funny. Um, because he's just chewing the scenery and, and hooting and hollering and cartwheeling around that movie, and it's terrible, but... Um, although I feel like we can't judge them entirely by the sequels, because like, we're just right. talking about we're the talking thing about the itself. Like, okay, okay so character design. Um, who's got a better... So, Michael Myers is a painted uh, Captain Kirk mask. Right. And Leatherface is this crafted... See, my other problem is if you actually think about like the mask that's in the movie versus the masks that are from the sequels or just all the fan mm-hmm. art and all that, like mm-hmm. they're better. So, like actual yeah. practical masks, they're kind of on their own. But I would say the color palette of Texas Chainsaw is definitely more like a unified color palette aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like, yeah, Tex Chainsaw's aesthetic is more consistent, and especially because I, I give it the edge for that, uh, yeah, like, yeah. shutter noise. Um, I feel like Texas Chainsaw has a clarity of purpose that maybe Halloween doesn't quite have, because it was put together on a shoestring by hungry young film students, where Texas Chainsaw, I... Although, you know what, though? It, Texas Chainsaw also had a very hashtag troubled production. yeah. yeah. Perhaps even a like, more this, troubled this, production. Oh, way more. Especially because people that reacted in Halloween have mentioned that, like, John Carpenter's a weird director to work with because he doesn't really direct actors because he literally just goes, yeah, you know what to do. Go for it. And they're like, what? You don't... What, what's my What's my motive? What, what, do you, what do you want me to do here? And he's like, no, I mean, I hired you for a reason. You know what to do. You're, you're an actor. Act. And they're like, oh, okay... And then if he doesn't like it, he's like, nope, do it again. Try try something different. Um, where Toby Hooper, like, again, literally cut one of the actors. Yeah, yeah. So a slightly more hands-on approach. Although here's the thing. I also think that Alien is better than Halloween. Counterpoint, the theme. Ah, uh, that's true, and I am a big fan of themes. And, and let's be real here. Without the theme, Halloween is nothing. Right. Like... And although theme. the theme has been tainted from every uh, Yahoo cell phone ringtone, um, sure. it's still really good. Yeah, especially because it's in, you know, 5-4 times, so it's kind of unnerving and a little bit off, and it's so instantly recognizable. Actually, you're totally right. Purely for that, I'm putting it above Alien. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so I think yeah. it should right. go between Alien and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Christina's yelling from the couch, that's not a good enough reason. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is true. But uh, I also, purely in terms of... All right, here's here's also why I would put Halloween above Alien, because here's the thing. I think Alien is a better movie than Halloween. Oh, yeah, but if we're talking but about, I think like, horror movies, too. Influ- no, he, yeah, here's the thing. I think Halloween has influenced, culturally, more movies than Alien has influenced. Because here's the thing, you're not going to out-Alien Alien, but if you're a young filmmaker re-watching Halloween over and over again, you can get some ideas from that to make your own makeshift version of a makeshift thing that John Carpenter did. Yeah. Where with Alien, it's such a fucking work of art that it's almost kind of unapproachable. Like, you can take elements from it like, okay, uh, bullet points, pregnancy, scary, truckers, space, good. Uh, acid blood or whatever and you and you can kind of do that but you're not going to touch on the atmosphere or what alien was accomplishing where with halloween you can basically make your own jank malto meal bag cereal version of that is halloween the best john carpenter movie it is not that would be the thing but like is the thing like the only one that's a little bit better uh, you know, actually, yeah, yeah, I think so. Cause I, cause I love, I love so many of John Carpenter's movies. Like I love They Live, and I love Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and um, Big Trouble in Little China. But that being said, it's pretty much The Thing, and then Halloween, and then all of his other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I think then Halloween is number two. God damn. That's, which, by the way, I love, uh, side note, for um, anybody who can't see the show notes, which is everybody but the two of us, uh, Quincy, 
<laughs> Under Halloween 1978, he puts new number one. Come at me, Ryan, and attaches a gif of Kazuchika Okada doing the, the rope-hung pat-pat-pat on the chest, and then Shibata just hauling off and punching him right in the mush. And I've been staring at that gif throughout this conversation. <laughs> and it's really helped. So we have yeah. just about enough time to do one listener request because it's Halloween and yeah. dreams do come true. <laughs> they certainly do. So Dustin Kramer has asked us to rank Kyufu Densetsu Kaiki Frankenstein, which is the Toei Animation Studio TV movie based off of Marvel Comics Monster of Frankenstein series. It fucking rules. I love the anime Frankenstein. Have you seen the anime Tomb of Dracula? No, and I'm Googling it now. Thank you for so, that. So, Dracula eats a cheeseburger in it, and that's probably the best part. So, here's my problem with this. Um, the Marvel mm-hmm. Monster books are amazing. Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night, um, this monster Frankenstein are really good. Uh, during the seventies, these are all these guys that grew up reading EC comics in the fifties. And then they get jobs in comics and the comics Mm -hmm. code is a lot more strict and, uh, money's tight. So they say, you know, what's in the public domain is classic monsters. So they make all of these, uh, monster movie characters, actual Marvel comic book characters. So, like, Dracula fights the Silver Surfer in the 70s. <laughs> also, he eats a cheeseburger, which I'm yeah. pretty excited and, about. And this um, Frankenstein character, like, later in, uh, actually recent comics, Frank Castle the Punisher dies and gets turned into Frankencastle. Fuck. Fuck me. Why? Because comics are fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this movie is not as good as the source material. The source material being no, Mary so- Shelley or even the source material being Marvel's rendition of Mary Shelley. Right, and the, and the problem with this is that it, it, it basically, the animation and the voice acting and everything reminded me mostly of Vampire Hunter D, yeah. which Vampire Hunter D, I feel like that's the one of the first anime that a lot of people see when they're kids. Um, and it really, really shouldn't be, because I, I rewatched it recently and was like, I had no fucking business watching this when I was like 10. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, um, Akira and um, Eerie Zyrum are like the first two animes mm-hmm. I remember, and I saw those way too young on the Sci-Fi channel, and that's why I'm doing a podcast about horror movies in my 30s. So, uh, <laughs> you're really going to be careful <laughs> there what is you a strict introduce a to your B kids to. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, god! I, and so, um, the, the the Dracula or not the Dracula? Excuse me. The the uh, anime anime just an anime Frankenstein. Um, it it's not. It's actually kind of faithful to the story of Frankenstein. Yeah, except for there's a guy who uh, Victor makes lose his eye and then lords that over him for the entire fucking movie. <laughs> oh, he's just dunking on him left and, and right. She about just that wants to way. lift that eye patch and show that empty socket as many times as possible. <laughs> And here's, the, here's oh, yeah. the big question. Victor made a Frankenstein. Why can't he give that guy an eyeball and then he won't owe him $1,000 a month? <laughs> it's like, I'll, hit you, I'll hit you back on the first, man. I swear to God, please, just don't kill my... Don't, 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 don't kill my fiancé on her. This motherfucker's telling got... Victor's little sister, like, hey, you know what your brother did? He made a Frankenstein. <laughs> Except he doesn't even do that. He, like, insinuates it and says, well, you'll have to ask your brother about it. Yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. I, I, the other thing about it is that there's a dream sequence in here that I think about, that I've been thinking about since I watched it, which is, um, so Victor's having a dream, and there's some Frankenstein. And Frankenstein is chasing him, but he blows up to an enormous height, and he's just yelling at him, why did you make me? Which... I love that it took all of the metaphysical meditations and angst and, you know, all of the stuff from Frankenstein and condensed it down to a big angry boy chasing you in your dreams yelling, why did you make me? Also, um, uh, Frankenstein's monster has a reverse six pack on his forehead. Oh, for sure. He's got, he's a, he's a muscle head. He, he's got the, the design in this of Dracula. I like that. It's basically classic Dracula, but. With a mustache. Dare I say, kind of, 
kind of fuckable. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuckable a, Dracula. Not so ju- fuckable Frankenstein, but fuckable no. Victor and, like, everyone else. Well, to be fair, Although, I don't know. is the most generic um, 80s Japanese anime style. It's like that... Oh, yeah. Like, if you, you could slap any of these character designs on a pastel t-shirt and sell it at Forever 21. Yeah, it looks like a Halloween special of Speed Racer, basically. Yeah. Everybody's got the same face. So it's a, Except for Frankenstein, who has, like, five foreheads. So, so my biggest complaint about this movie is a grunty, grunty movie. Oh, it's so grunty. I had to turn my headphones down at work because of just everybody just, yeah! It's just... Because the monster is trying to learn to say Frankenstein's name the majority of the movie. So he's just saying, <laughs> Frank... <laughs> Frank. <laughs> now here's actually, and I figured out what that noise is. Did you ever play uh, the OG Doom? No, but I was your roommate, so I know what you're talking about. Oh, one hundred percent. Everybody's making the noise of when you're trying to open a door in Doom, but you're like next to the wall or the door is already locked, and it just goes, eh, eh, eh. yeah. And that's everybody at all times in anime Frankenstein. So listen, I would much rather watch Machiste grunt and try to lift a tree out of the ground than to <laughs> listen to Frankenstein's monster grunt more. I I would agree. I think it's a it's a richer... Uh, uh, here's the thing. If I'm watching Frankenstein, I would rather watch the abominably shitty uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein made by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, that's a good Frankenstein. I, and by good, I mean, holy shit, what was he thinking? But way better oh, it's, than yeah. this. Um, well, and I feel like I lump I, I lump that Frankenstein in with Bram Stoker's Dracula by Coppola, and Island of Doctor Moreau of like very bad early '90s decisions featuring canonical monsters. Right, and and let's do what uh, the Victorians did, but better. Yeah, there's actually I used to have uh, uh, when I was in grad school, I had a critical edition of Frankenstein that had essays in the back and there was a pop culture essay that talked about how uh, Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein is actually a depiction of is a historical document of the 90s and the 90s need to be the definitive authority on everything so like in the 90s everything had to be the best and they talk about how that movie actually teaches us about what people's attitudes in the 1990s in America were like which, yeah. Sadly, my car got broken into uh, when I was in grad school, and that book got taken, uh, so I can't oh, tell you who they wrote took that. that. Also, let's imagine that car thief who just stole my backpack and was really bummed out that it was just college textbooks and not <laughs> a laptop. College textbooks that at the university bookstore he can get a whole $3 total for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So is it... Is, um, this tomb of Frank. So, I can't speak Japanese. So I think sure. Kyofu Dinsetsu Kaiki is like the curse of Frankenstein's tomb or something like that. I couldn't actually even get Google Translate to work on it. Um, I mean, I'm down with calling it anime Frankenstein. So is anime Frankenstein better than I Frankenstein? Yes, one hundred percent. It's better than I Frankenstein. Is it better than Dracula Untold? Oh, Friday Night Test, I'd rather watch Dracula Untold again. Yeah, so Friday Night Test, I'd rather watch Anime Frankenstein than The Transfiguration again. Well, there we go. So, <laughs> Anime Frankenstein, bottom of the list. Uh, Kyofu Dinsetsu Kaiki Frankenstein. Uh, beating out The Transfiguration, I Frankenstein, Sleepaway Camp, Grime Wave, Cockface 3, Hellraiser Revelations, and at the very, very bottom, Night of Something Strange. You get around to watching Grime Wave yet? Not yet, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. But it's also like I gotta wait until I'm alone in the house to watch Grime Wave because I don't I don't want to get my bad habits all over anyone else. I you know I, I feel like this is a movie to watch shamefully with bad pizza <laughs> or bad something um, something bad. That's that's what you gotta so do. So hey, uh, happy Halloween, everybody! Yeah, happy fucking Halloween. I this is um, I, I hope that. See, I've, I've thought of putting ambient Halloween uh, haunted house noises throughout the episode to make it sound like a guy's getting boiled in a vat behind us or something. Rattling chains and chainsaws yeah. and all that. 
yeah, yeah, chainsaws and shrieking, but I'd, I'd probably have to like put it really, really low in the mix, so maybe I, I might actually still do that. I mean, you could also just leave in all the creaking uh, desk chairs and dogs, and it probably will sound comfortable. <laughs> As it turns out, I've lived in a haunted house all along, haunted by dog. She is the specter that haunts my wake. The caller is um, in so... the house. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. Um, so we, uh, should I, should I tell them where they can find us? Yeah. Tell them where they can find all of our shenanigans. Well, there we go. So you can find us on Twitter at RankinVileCasts at Twitter. Uh, we post there a lot and it's terrible. Um, we're also on Tumblr at just RankinVile.tumblr.com. Uh, yes. we've, I, I, I think been uh, ramping up our participation on that particular platform a little bit more lately. So that's good. Yeah, and um, we're probably going to do a giveaway based off of followers, so um, keep your eyes peeled. I know Halloween, everyone has kind of gone giveaway crazy on Instagram, so I'm going to let the water die down, but mm-hmm. I am uh, accumulating a fun bag of goodies, so uh, it'll probably be stale Halloween candy, but also some enamel pins. So stay oh, tuned oh. to our uh, Instagram, and we will... Uh, keep you posted you're definitely getting a fistful of those mallow pumpkins um and then also uh instagram obviously we are at uh, rank and vile on instagram or is it rank and vile cast rank and vile we landed the original and That's we landed right. rank and vile.tumblr.com uh today i reblogged like three things so there will be three new <laughs> posts today Nothing's gonna um, and so we're, uh, yeah, we're all over there. And then obviously find us uh, on Podbean at rankandvile.podbean.com and also on iTunes. I'm reliably informed that a lot of people that listen to the podcast download us on iTunes um, because it's great when you need to head, to head to work in the morning and you don't want anything super high maintenance. So you put on like a couple of goblins talking about some bullshit for your morning commute. And listen, if you need tech support, if you're not, if you're using Android and you don't know, uh, how to do that because we haven't gotten on Stitcher yet uh, DM us and we'll walk you through uh, how to use <laughs> Podcast Addict or a, a really good podcast feed to, to listen to We don't to just us. watch bad horror movies we also perform some light technical support um, yeah. but that's um, <laughs> Also, uh, if you want your listener request done, like uh, Dustin got his, we do do them, not just on oh, yeah. High Holy Days. Uh, so shoot <laughs> us an email with your listener request. Any movie you want to watch, uh, we'll put them in the hat, and we'll just pull one out when we get to it. Yeah, pretty much whenever we uh, feel like it. But that's all I got. Uh, anything else? Just eat a lot of candy, wear highly reflective clothing, um, and remember, just because it's after the 31st doesn't mean Halloween has to go away. It's always in your heart. It lives in your heart. The real Halloween was the friends you made along the way. Yeah, eat yourself sick, listen to way too much Oingo Boingo, uh, make your relatives uncomfortable with uh, faces of death, um, throw rotten food at neighborhood children, you know, worship Satan, join a cult. Just that classic Halloween stuff. Um, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Insert guy getting boiled alive noise. All right, happy Halloween, guys. Take it easy. Bye.